Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Michelle Ranavut is the founder and CEO of the modern Ayurvedic skin and hair care brand, Ranavut. As a first-generation Indian-American, Ranavat is a tribute to both Michelle's heritage and modern chemistry, and a journey you have to hear. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today, and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Michelle Ranavat. Melding modern alchemy and the romance of Ayurvedic rituals, Ranavat is curating the ultimate skincare and hair care experience. Michelle Ranavat, founder and CEO, believes that luxury is in its details and therefore sources the purest ingredients directly from India where they are naturally cultivated. As a fellow beauty brand founder of Indian Heritage, I was so excited to learn that Ranavat began as a way to express and treasure Michelle's Indian heritage. And Michelle's beauty secrets were passed down from her grandfather, who was an avid collector of soaps and perfumes and taught her to appreciate beauty as a cultural heirloom. Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. And personally, this is one of the podcasts I've been most excited to get straight into. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. I feel like, you know, as we mentioned before offline, I mean, it's just so fun to connect with someone. We have so much in common and I really can't wait to share everything with you. And I just want to say, I personally think like I you know I have my brand but I aspire to have how the beauty your brand has like the products are just phenomenal they're stunning and everyone you know while you're watching this and listening to this check out one of us and just check out the product so you can get this whole sensorial experience as we delve into Michelle's story. I just want to say the feeling is absolutely mutual. And, you know, just the way that you have come onto the market, the way you've taken something that's so complex, and I'm sure we'll get into that too. Um, but I'm just in awe of everything you've done. I mean, when did 
When did Fable in Maine start? Almost more than a year ago or less than a year? Yeah, just about like beginning of pandemic, April 2020. So yeah. I mean, that's incredible. So I am so, so proud of you and everything you've done. And the fact that you really sincerely do believe in collaboration over competition, like it just makes me so happy because this space of Ayurveda and wellness is so big. And I love seeing people like you just dominate. It's amazing. And like you, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and it means a lot. Uh, but, you know, the first question I ask everyone, it's, it's a really tough one. So, you know, don't mean to be direct with it, but in a nutshell, in a few sentences, can you just tell the world who is Michelle Renovat? Oh, yeah, that is very tough. But I would say yeah. that the biggest thing that defines me is being a daughter of a South Asian immigrant. You know, when my dad came to the U.S. in the 70s, the day that I, they found out they were pregnant with me, my mom was working nights at a printing press and my dad um, was laid off that day. And they found out they were expecting their first child. And, you know, they didn't have any means, any money. They were, I think, even before that, like living with my dad's brother in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a pretty, you know, it's not like a big city. And so I think things were really tough. And when I came into the world, things were probably the toughest that they've been for them. And so growing up and watching that story of, you know, my dad in his basement and he couldn't even afford inventory. He'd have to sell his product in order to buy the product to sell it to his customer. And so, you know, I just, I saw that story unfold and I saw him over many, many years. Now he's had his business for 40 years, um, just build it. And I think that in my mind has been probably the single most influential thing is to see that and experience that. And so that's really the lens through which, you know, Ranavat has been created. I don't know that I would have even had the strength to become an entrepreneur had I not seen, you know, what he had done. That's, um, you know, what's really, I had like goosebumps, isn't it? Because it's also very familiar to my dad's story of working 40 years and working in markets and sleeping in cars and, you know, for three days and selling. Oh, God, I didn't know about store. that at all. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been in the beauty industry, uh, but he was selling fragrance, um, like, yeah, in markets, in, in Wembley Market and, you know, just hustling every day, uh, going to Dover and to France and sleeping in the car for three days until, because he couldn't afford to stay in a hotel. And yeah, what you're saying is exactly that. It's, you know, it's so inspiring. It, is, it does forge who we are today. Um, so I really relate and I love how you answered that in the first question of who you are, because I've had asked this question to every single you know podcast guest, but you're the first one to really say it like um, through the inspiration of your, of your, of your dad. So I love, I love that. It's really, really special. And I think, you know, um, as someone that I'm, I'm turning 40 in, I can't, I've been talking about turning 40 the entire year because I just think <laughs> it's like, honestly, like when you get there, it is. It's just a mind game because you don't feel like anything different, but it's like a big number. And, uh, you know, my dad hopefully is going to be joining. And so I was thinking about my like little remarks that I'm going to make and just like where I am in my life right now to just think about my parents and the fact that they will not be here forever and what he means to me. And I just like you know, I just can't help but like think about him every day and how he inspires me and the fact that he's around just like, I, I just, I never want to take that for granted. Um, and so Definitely. that's that's why I was thinking about it. Uh, it's amazing. But, you know, whether, you know, here and not here in the future, that will always be a constant abundant source of inspiration for you because of just who he is and what he stands for. I think that's, that's hopefully it's going to keep us going forever. But um Absolutely. 
going that's a bit going that's very deep but you know <laughs> going taking a step back uh i do have kind of like the first question i have is really about um you know how you kind of cultivated a love for beauty and i, I know you've had an extensive a very impressive career in um in a place like lemon brothers and finance and i would love to just know how you kind of went from well maybe you can tell us a bit about your initial experience and what you where you worked to then beauty so beauty has been, and I think I'm sure you relate to this too. I mean, your dad was in beauty, so maybe to some degree, but it was like, yeah. I don't think that was really thought of, like in my mind, I never thought of it, about it as a career, honestly. Yeah. I think it was more just like science and engineering, which I feel like, you know, a little bit of a sidebar, but one of the questions that I always get asked is like, well, how did you pivot from being a scientist or an engineer into beauty? And yeah. my answer is like, I don't think I ever pivoted. I think beauty is I science. and. You need it every single day. And so, you know, in my mind, I was just thinking like, okay, science, I love it. I love just the art of creating something beautiful and interesting and thoughtful, like the whole kind of even touching on the Indian artisans and like the generations of knowledge that they have and preserving that, like those are all little like things that I've always been inspired by. And, and I kind of just chalked them up to science and I didn't really think about beauty, honestly, for a while and, and even seriously, you know, until only four years ago. And I yeah. think for me, beauty in its first ways was, of course, my grandfather opening up that cupboard in India and seeing all the soaps. And I just think I have it in my blood to just feel this connection to scent. And I think I get it from him because he's not a very like romantic guy. Like he was always just a very like straight part, you know, straight as an arrow. And then you open yeah. up this like secret thing and you're like, wait a minute, like you had this whole side to you that, you know, you never showed. And so I think I, it comes from the lineage, but I think it also most interestingly comes from the way, like when we think about how we have experienced South Asian culture, so much of it is like in the food, right? Like remember, we remember the food that we grew up eating and we like connect our mom's, you know, meals or, you know, little things like that. I think for me, it was Indian dance as well. Mm. Um, growing did you do like Katak or what kind of dance did you do? It was like, honestly, more like Gujarati, like folk dance yeah. in a way, like yeah. Garba. And we used to do all those like competitions that they have. And yeah. that's where we would meet our friends. And like all Saturday, it was like some auntie's garage and we learned, you know, a dance. And, you know, I think it's just like the way that I connected with Indian culture. And I started to take dance very, very seriously when I was actually at Lehman Brothers and like looking for a change in like an outlet. And again, like that's where today some of my best, best friends are from dance. And I just think when you, of course, when you dance, there's an idea of like makeup and performance and all of that. And so because we had to like do our own makeup and we had to get ready for each performance, I then started to like get into makeup first. And then I started to dive into beauty as I hit my like mid thirties when I was having two kids, you're not sleeping. And then you're really thinking like, oh my gosh, like I need something like now skincare is becoming like a huge priority. And so that's when I started to like churn and research, um, you know, what have Indians done? You know, I started losing my hair from postpartum hair loss. I started just feeling like not myself anymore. And so seeing that really just kind of was like, okay, now I'm connecting my science background, my dad's entrepreneurial spirit. And then, wow, this whole new universe of beauty and connecting a new avenue for me to connect um, with my culture. 
I love it. And and I, I also love how, as you said, like starting in science, you had two engineering degrees. Am I correct in saying? Yeah, I have an undergrad in industrial and then a master's in engineering management. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know, I'm also an engineer, four years engineer. So I love how we both have that in common where we both like have used our transferable skills you get as being an engineer into the beauty industry because it doesn't go away. You know, it's so it's so important to think like an engineer in beauty and not everyone can because they haven't done engineering, but there is a lot of value. Well, there's so much value in it. I love, I love the fact that we have that in our back pocket. Exactly. And I mean, at that time I was like, I'm sure in people, it was hard, right? Engineering is not an easy degree, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you don't pursue it because of all that hard work. You're like, okay, I'm not even doing engineering now, (laughs) but it does teach you a lot of, a lot of um, value. But then, you know, going into, um, you know, stemming from all that inspiration you've got from your various experiences, I would love to know that kind of aha moment of, okay, I'm creating a brand. This is it. And then how you ended up creating the name. Well, obviously I know how the name created, but why you chose the no, name? I had other names, so I can go into that. <laughs> I would too. love to. Tell us all. Tell us all. Um, so oddly enough, like this, this whole story is like, and even things that are like, in the future, like things have been so serendipitous. Like my mother-in-law is actually an esthetician. So she's mm-hmm. in skincare. And I remember just like, you know, going through childbirth in India, like there's so many different concoctions that you're supposed to drink and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do like 50 different things. And my mom was very much like, I'm going to come to LA and I'm going to like, let's do the whole Indian thing. Like let's eat the ladus and let's like, you know, do all the traditional stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I think that was like, I was a bit older. I I don't know if I was like in my twenties had I said, or would have embraced it the way I did. I was like, let's do it. Let's see if this thing works. And so I did all of those pregnancy remedies. They worked. And like to the point where like, I actually enjoyed so many different aspects of it. And I was like, man, like, and you know, you could also chalk that up as like Ayurveda or Ayurvedic too. And I was like, man, this is really working. And then, you know, as I had this natural passion for skin, one day my mother-in-law, she comes back from India and she's like, she works at a spa. She is an esthetician, like her business is skincare and she has melasma. And she was like, you know, I was in India and on the, you know, they, we, they had all these powders and this Ayurvedic guy. And she's like, I was just, you know, I was just mixing stuff up. And she's like, it's working better than the stuff in my spa. And then I was like, as a beauty, like, and skincare already like enthusiast and someone that literally had like zero sleep. Like, you know, I just was not looking my best whatsoever going through these two babies. I was like, man, I need to figure this out. I I want this in my life. So I started like ordering like all of these things like Motani Mitti and this thing and that thing and like every single like Brummi, you know, whatever there was, I was buying it. And I was like buying them on Amazon and trying to find like different ways. And I'm like, man, like the quality is like, you can't really like, sometimes it looks like sandalwood powder, for example. I was like, is this real? Is this fake? Like all of that. And so I was kind of like, man, there's a, there's a need for like, why isn't this available at a Sephora or why aren't these ingredients even um, readily found and why isn't the quality good? And that's when everything kind of clicked. And that was a light bulb moment of like, man, I've been sourcing ingredients and working in manufacturing for six years. Like that's a problem I can solve. And then by the way, they work. And then I started just like really completing, just transforming my entire routine to all of these like DIY things. 
And some of them worked, some of them, you know, were okay. But I think I, over time, found a formulator. I just refined everything and just the the impact, honestly, like as, again, someone that's almost 40, I feel like, I don't know, it just, it works. And I'm, I'm such a believer in it. And so that's really how everything came together. I mean, it does work. And I have tried my personal favorite, the brightening saffron serum, and the, the, the hair serum. Amazing. I mean, I can tell you, like, I use that with the hair all too, like the duo. And I know Kaushal, our friend, mutual friend, she does yeah, the two together. And it's, it's you know, it. there's so much space in the market to try all types of, um, well, actually, you know, we're, I would say there are not many Ayurvedic um kind of hair or skin products in the market in the Western world, right? That's why we're doing what we're doing because there was an underrepresentation. I'm so glad there are brands like Runabout, you were one of the first, the first Ayurvedic brand I knew. Um, and hopefully now we're paving the way for new Ayurvedic brands. And that's, you know, it's so important because you go to India, there are so many, but it's quite granola. It's not the most, you know, it's not like a Sephora type brand. Well, I mean, you um, worked at Dior, right? Was it Dior? I worked at Dior. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like there, <laughs> you know, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> there's a difference. And I love the fact that you've just brought it to a luxury where we feel empowered because I'm sure like, and I would love to touch on that is that growing up, you know, you experience a lot of these Ayurvedic adaptogens and ingredients and probably passed down through, you know, your grandparents or your parents. Um, And it was a little bit like, you know, okay, we're going to slather like a lot of like turmeric on you and it's going to be like very homemade. Um, But as we get older, you know, I want to have it accessible. I want to feel empowered. I want to put it on my beauty shelfie and I'll be like, this is actually something like, you know, is I can take with me, I can feel proud of. And does that, was that the inspiration behind creating something, um, you know, because you've created something with so much care and effort. I would love to know, what was it? Yeah, I think there's so much in there. I think one of the first things, before I forget, I want to mention that I thought about, like when I started in 2017, you know, there was nobody really championing something like ashwagandha necessarily Nobody. or Nobody. manjista or brahmi even, which I think, I believe you have in your ingredients. It's like no one is really championing it. Then in 2018, 19, there were people championing it, but nobody was talking about the fact that it was Indian. Like there was a lot of yes. ashwagandha serums and there was like, bakuchiol became a really big ingredient and then turmeric creams. Exactly. Right. And then I was like, hmm, okay, well now this is really interesting because like now people are love the ingredient, but they don't know the origin story. And I think that even ties into Fable and Maine as well as like you link those fables and you link that like, you know, the, the past and the present leads to the future. And, yes. and sometimes we have to know about our past to know what we're supposed to do. Right. Like even thinking about my grandfather and those soaps, like that part of yes. my past is linking me to what my future holds. And so I feel like that was really interesting to see in the marketplace. And then, of course, last year in the pandemic and just this whole like awakening on just social justice, I think, has also kind of empowered people to embrace like, yes, we can talk about our South Asian heritage and we can really share and celebrate the journey that we've been on. So I think part one to your question is like, I think I saw different waves in the industry and now finally like all of those things are coming together to a point where like we're being empowered to share it, which I love. Um, But I think the second thing is about like luxury and thinking about like I think one huge inspiration to me is Sabya Sachi. Um, Amazing designer. Yeah. He's just incredible. And I think one thing that he's done is 
you know, Indian artisanship and just the knowledge and the generations of skill that have been honed and preserved is not cheap, right? And there's so much value. And you look at his creations and a lot of them are like heritage too, right? He's making langas and he's not designing like everything hybrid. So he's actually doing a lot of traditional things in a very elevated way. And so when I saw that, I was very inspired because I kind of had the same lens that I was like, you know what? I believe in just this preservation. And I think when you think about like growing up and visiting your relatives in India, they'd be like, oh my gosh, like bring me a La Mer cream or I want this mm-hmm. imported thing. And like everything in India, like the top, top, top was always import. Like that, yeah. that would be like the most luxurious thing you do, you could do. And I actually think like there's been this renaissance of like, no, actually made in India is luxurious and these artisans have so much value and it doesn't just have to be in this like super narrow granola vibe like we can also be luxurious and I think that's really where like you and I both come in in terms of different ways to tell the story and different ways that we touch our tradition like or in our culture like for me you know if you look at the packaging and you look at the product, you might not even know that it's it's Indian. You might just think that it's like next to something else. And you're like, oh, this, this smells interesting. This is great. And you dig in. And I think with yours, like I love the fact that you kind of tie into this the storytelling aspect. And so I, I think that there's so many different ways. And Ayurveda is a huge space. And I think that we have so many different lenses. So like you create in your way, I have my vision, and maybe someone else will come up with you know, a new interpretation. Exactly. And, you know, it's a 4,000 draw science that's so vast, so big as an encyclopedia. Like there, there isn't one size fit all. But what's so interesting is that as you, exactly as you said, is why isn't this incredible, um, I guess, science that has incredible, eff- you know, efficacious formulas that work. I mean, you know, really work. And why isn't it being celebrated for being of Indian heritage, right? Like, why are we getting these, like, turmeric shakes in Starbucks or whatever and no one's, like, talking about, this is holy, this is what, you know, we grew up with. I know. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think now it's starting. But there is, a, you know, I will say there is a balancing act because, you know, we sometimes get a little bit of backlash of, like, okay, you know, you are you whitewashing it? You're modernizing it? Like, you know, don't call it turmeric, call it haldi. And it's like, yeah, but we want to bring people in first and educate over time because, you know, especially in America, especially in the Sephora landscape, you know, if I go on shelf and you say, you call it, um, I don't know, you call it uh, Haldi Dude, they're not going to understand that's milk, right? Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to get it. And it's difficult. So have you found like, you know, building such a, you know, strong brand rooted in Ayurveda, you've obviously cultivated a lot of followers and, and, and customers that are of Indian heritage. Have you found like it's been a little bit of a hard balancing act at times? Yeah. And I think honestly, I, you know, I definitely don't have like a specific answer on a solution in the sense that like some days I'm like, oh no, I want to, you know, maybe touch upon this more personal, you know, Indian tradition, whether it's talking about like Haldar at like a wedding ceremony and what that means or um, what, personal stories that I have to share. But I think ultimately what all of this and the purpose of what you and I are both doing is about familiarizing and embracing not only like the insane 
incredible South Asian foundation of a community that we have, but then also creating a brand where other people feel welcome. And I think that's really where the balance is. You know, people should be able to come to both of our brands and see themselves in some way, um, in this brand, especially, you know, at a place like Sephora. And I think that's the whole point of us sharing these stories because we're South Asian. So we can tell you about what hair oiling means just as a culture and like how it forms bonds and families and what it like, it's like you associate with your schoolgirl days. Like it, it has a whole tradition and a, a heritage. It also has a efficacious property. And so I just view those things as like a, a parallel to the way that like you've got your South Asian customers that know and experience that. But how do we also tell that story so that other people that didn't grow up doing that, they may want to actually add that into their routine and their rituals. And and we welcome that because they're learning about where it comes from. And that's like the most important thing. And, you know, it's also, you said it so beautifully, it's about really making it, make people feel welcome, make people feel connected. And, you know, a lot of these rituals we're, we're passing down or, you know, we're sharing is probably very similar to many we've you know we have hispanic families who've said oh i used to actually oil my hair too with a different type of oil whatever but the point is is they are very familiar with these kind of rich rituals that we're championing and i love you know in your especially on your website you have this claim your crown section and you say ayurveda for everyone and i love that because it is for everyone you know it's it's it it's so special that i think everyone should enjoy it and that's what we're doing hopefully and i think you know that's what people are seeing but i also know you you give back and, you know, you, you give, uh, you know, can you talk us a bit about what you do to give back and taking care of the planet, which I think is incredible. Absolutely. I think, you know, being a, I'll just kind of touch upon packaging and all that, you know, being in the luxury space, I think the new definition of luxury is also sustainability. So kind of keeping that in mind and, you know, we always want to toe the balance between like, if we have like a, a tube or something like it still looks beautiful, but it's recyclable. And so everything we do, we want to create, of course, through that lens. I mean, that's table stakes at the moment. Um, but we truly believe as, you know, as a creator, that that is the direction that I absolutely believe in and want to go in. Um, in terms of Desai Foundation and Claim Your Crown, I think, you know, I've had so many different like Claim Your Crown moments in my life. Um, I personally am a very like, I don't know if you would guess this about me, but I'm like kind of an introvert type of shy mm. person, honestly. I can see a hybrid. I thought maybe a hybrid, but I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I just think I'm like this, the science, like, nerd it's the engineer of you it's that it's that engineer (laughs) a hundred percent and I actually think beauty has been kind of um cool in the sense that it's pushed me a lot and I'm sure like you know even a year ago my social was very different than it is today and I've just kind of like learned a lot in coming out can I just stop and say you are a social like absolute beast like i love oh your i call them like rit- your ritual reels i don't know i probably coined that for you but like you do the most incredible ways of like showcasing education um fun and like um yeah and just like our heritage in like these incredible reels so if you guys are not following michelle you have to follow her. the links will be in the hyperlink but um yeah follow michelle because oh it's God, amazing thank you. You i'm like blushing because honestly <laughs> i've been so self-conscious about Instagram in general, like, I mean, life just does not prepare you for the fact that you start a company and all of a sudden, like, it's important, you know, to be founder forward. It's like, I love connecting with my community, but I just, 
Anyway, I'm digressing, but the point of Claim Your Crown, like I've had so many different Claim Your Crown moments where I've had to like yeah. kind of almost just rise to the occasion of something that I just had zero, um, I don't know, like basis in doing, whether it was like starting dance at an older age, maybe starting a beauty company after, you know, in my 30s with two kids um, or even this like social media thing, you know, just little and big. I just I found so much value in pushing the boundaries of what I thought I could do. Um, and so that's what Claim Your Crown is about. It's about not waiting for someone to tell you that you're ready to do something. It's like, no one told me like, hey, Michelle, like, why don't you start a company? And that's how I thought I could do it. It's just all about you. It comes from within. And, um, and so I wanted to like bring that in a broader way. And of course, like, you know, and I'm sure you feel this way too. It's like when we have something from India and India is a place where there's just so much poverty still there's so much learning and growth and ways that we can help and so wanting to make sure that like we're doing what we can to foster the next generation and help people claim their crowns and um so the way we do that right now is through the Desai Foundation um they're an incredible organization nonprofit they're based in the US but they've totally i mean Lately, they've been doing a lot of COVID relief, but they have a whole like sanitary napkin program and they go into like Gujarati villages and they educate on what I love is like they totally empower. Like there's this video where the, there's a, a girl and she's like super shy and, you know, kind of reminds me of like who I am or was. And then she like they teach her how to like create these sanitary napkins and they manufacture and sell them. And like her whole like posture and the way that she's like communicating is like completely different at the end. And she's like, I'm not afraid to like talk to people and I'm not afraid to, I'm so passionate about selling these sanitary napkins, like her whole being changed. And that I felt like I just connected with that. I'm like, man, I want to like continue to do that and pass that on. And so Decide Foundation has been this amazing partner. So sanitary napkins, they not only like educate, but they actually help them make them. Um, and then they have other like educational programs, whether it's like, you know, computers or, or whatnot. But it's it's just an incredible organization that I feel so like excited to support. It's amazing that you're, you know, that you have this vision for the brand that's beyond just product. It's it's really about giving back and, and helping. But I think, you know, you've done that in so many ways, not just by the Desai Foundation, you've done it in your products, um, in your packaging. And I know you have a lot of, um, you, you really think about recyclable packaging and sustainability. And it's it's a journey, as we all know. It's not it's not easy to do at the beginning. It's a journey. And we're always learning. We always, we always are open to feedback and, and growing. And I think this is what people need to understand. It's like, sometimes there's a very small team behind and it's just like quick decisions okay. and we have oh, to yeah. just move on. And costs, I mean, people also need to know costs are not especially you know supply right the whole pandemic situation as well it's not easy to be sustainable it's actually not sustainable to be fully sustainable like there's also this whole <laughs> argument in that too but that's another whole podcast um but I, I do want to kind of touch a little bit about kind of Ranavat's kind of you know transition so you know from skin to now creating incredible hair products and I would love to know kind of where Ranavat's going and what's where is this empire going to oh I, I mean empire is a strong word but I think you know, to me, every single, just the way that I, it's all about creation and exploration. And so I feel like 
my vibe and intention is, well, I guess it is to be intent or have a lot of intent behind everything. So like when I think about my skincare range, I don't think I want to be like this hundred skew mega, you know, operation. I think I want to have like the best, like 10 SKUs that you need, but I do want to explore different areas. So I think you said this perfectly, but like lifestyle is exactly what I'm thinking. So thinking about skin, you know, we've done a little bit in hair. I am obsessed with, and you said that your dad's in this business in perfumes and scents and like Indian heritage. Like, I feel like there's been so much focus on, um, France and like you know Europe as being this like epicenter Hub for of like yeah but there's so much in India right there's so much in India and it's like you know and a lot of that is dying sadly um like a lot of the rose uh other suppliers and things like that they're like you know they're supporting like tobacco industries and like different yeah. things and it's because the perfumes aren't selling and so anyway I just I feel like I have this passion for uncovering these little like niches within India and just thinking about like, how do I take this like beautiful craft and like bring it into the world, maybe modernize it a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But how do I share this really special thing so that we can preserve it or we can understand it. And so Indian perfumery has just been something that I've been thinking about. And then I feel like, you know, there's just so many different areas that I'm excited to discover. I don't even think I've determined what all of those are yet, but that's kind of my vision. It's like kind of start in one category and then just continue to explore and see what happens. And I think, you know, you've already done that so effortlessly with the hair serum and also with your tools. I mean, I personally love um, using Kanza wands. I've been using it for a while, but can you maybe tell people just specifically on that, what is a Kanza wand and why they should go buy your Kanza wand? So the Kanza wand is, uh, so I think actually, I don't know if this, I'm pretty sure this is true, but we were the first people to bring um, the Kanza wand. And I actually found this wand when I was in India in like a bullish, I don't know if you're familiar with Mumbai, but like bullish war market, like very yeah, yeah. nondescript. You just probably wouldn't want to buy anything from there. Um, that's not the supplier that I use now, but I just discovered this tool and I was like, man, what is this? And, you know, I started to learn and I think, I actually realized that I knew about Casa all along, but it's copper and tin. And so many of our items for like religious ceremonies, like pujas and things like they're actually made of this metal. And so there's this like, you know, purity. It's also like a bell metal. So it's like what you hear in the Tibetan gong. So it's this beautiful resonance. So there's all these like woo kind of things about it. But then there's a whole scientific element where it actually helps with you know, regulating the pH and alkaline. People used to drink and still do out of um, copper water jugs because it naturally like reduces the acidity of the water, makes it easier to digest. So I don't know, I just kind of stumbled upon this and it kind of changed my life in a way. Um, And now we, after a lot of digging, we found a sixth generation Kansa wand. Um, they do everything in this Kasa. So they're making the puja supplies, they're making the bells, and they're in Rajasan. And so they've been doing it, you know, father, son, all the way down um, year over year. And it just feels so good to have this like artifact that feels cool because it's a, a really beautiful and powerful beauty tool, but it actually like impacts someone in a village in Rajasan. And I just, and someone that's been doing this for, you know, thousands of years. Like, I just think it's so crazy to think that. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And I love how, you know, it's still a tool that when you go to India, people know kinds of ones. And, but in America, UK, people still don't know. It. I mean, people are like, I remember the first time I was using it, people are like, what is that? Is that like some kind of uh, something phallic or something? And it's like, no, this is something that literally has been passed down and it works incredible. We, we, now we all use gua sha's and stuff, but people need to learn the power of a kanza wand and use the kanza wand for, you know, your, when you're doing your, your kind of facial rituals. So everyone, you know. The, if you don't know where to find a Kanza one, you now know it's runabout.com. So <laughs> it's a, I, and I love also, I will say, you know, we were looking at one point to do like a version of it for a scalp, but it didn't really work. And we're looking at suppliers. It's so hard to find sustainable, good quality Kanza one suppliers in India. I will be really There's honest. a lot of bad ones. I'll say that. There's there a are a lot, lot of, of like ones. shady, shady. And then, yeah. and I had to like switch one time and then, um, it's so expensive. That's like the crazy it's so expensive. thing. It's like people don't understand. Like you know, people might look at it and be like, "Why is it this price?" It's like because it's ex- it's actually like copper. It's, it's copper and wood, and there's yeah. not. It's not made by a machine. Like everything no. is like you know, you have to weld this thing together. You have to. I mean, yeah. honestly, like. I feel like, like from a wholesale perspective, I don't really like. I, I try much as much as I can to like <laughs> yeah. keep the price in a normal range, but it's expensive. And then after the pandemic, it's hard to find people to continue to make these and shipping yeah, yeah. and all that, you know, it just, it no, I, I feel, and sometimes, you know, we create things for a greater purpose than profit. Exactly. And I think, you know, I created, we created this turmeric yoga mat and we charged it. Like, I mean, it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. And people were like, Whoa, this is crazy. And we're like, yeah, but it costs like, we make like five dollars like ten like we make nothing because it's so expensive we also don't want to cheat out our suppliers like you know it's their artisanal work like we're buying it i'm not negotiating like hard i want to just like support them but we're trying to bring it to the western world and people and the shipping costs and everything and tax and freight it it, it adds up 
working with India, the shipping, the artisans, like everything involved, the raw materials for a lot of these things are just crazy, yeah. crazy. And I want to debunk that misconception of like, oh, but it's India, it should be much cheaper. No, like, you know, these are, you know, it's not that. And I think people hopefully would understand. I mean, that's something I literally think, think about all the time, because especially because Ronova has like a luxury positioning. And so yeah. some people would feel like, hey, well, you know, why isn't it more, you know, approachable? And it's like, that's why there are other brands that exist. Like you don't exactly. go to La Mer and ask why it's not approachable. You know that they have a certain process and they they have a reason for that. And that's yes. still the case just because it's made in India. In fact, if anything, I think it increases the cost of what we create because it's in copper, like the saffron serum is in copper vessels. And there's yeah. just so much, as you said, that like goes into it. And India yeah. is not cheap. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I think yeah. maybe like 20 years ago, it was like you could do something, but I don't know, not for the yeah. quality anymore. No, exactly. And, and and as you said, like there are a lot of, especially when you go to India, you know, we, we go to all our pharmacies and you, you get all the, the you can, you, know, you pay actually nothing. It's actually super cheap, some of these beauty products, mm-hmm. but there isn't a luxury celebrated Ayurvedic inspired brand that I can think of in the world. Like, and I think of one of it now and I as as I worked in DIY, I worked in luxury brands. Mm-hmm. I do like the La Mer's and stuff, and I'm so glad that I can have one of us sitting next to it because if why not? Like it should be there, and I think that's I think it should too, right? I important. feel like our South Asian culture has so much to it, and just because it's culturally yeah. infused doesn't mean it can't or shouldn't be luxurious. And so I think exactly. that's something that I felt very passionately to prove out, and I feel like it is always tough to be in a luxury space. But you know what? We're not charging to be fancy we're charging because this has like real saffron in it and you know you can see what goes into everything that we create and so you know but I think what's cool about that though is actually that gives you an opportunity to tell the story and to really show people like no this is what goes into it and that's something that I'm working on for when you said like what's to come I think that's what I want to do more of and I feel like not being able to go to India has been really tough but like I want to tell more stories of the people and what goes into these products. Um, yeah. And that's kind of a goal for me for next year. I think that'll be a game changing, especially like, I mean, I'm talking about from a business digital perspective, you know, you're getting all this traffic to the site and then you know how it is. People bounce, people see a price. Okay, I'm leaving. But hearing this podcast, this is why I did this podcast is I wanted to get really down into the brand building. And I know when people listen to the podcast, they're like, oh my God, okay, I'm going to purchase. Now I understand. Now, now, now I feel connected. Um, but yeah, I think with video, with incredible kind of now with new kind of even like incredible TikToks, you can actually tell a lot in 10, 15 seconds um, when done right. Um, It's hard. It's very hard. I mean, you guys have done such a good job on digital. Like, (laughs) it's amazing. Just the stories that you've told and even like the range of people that you work with, I think is really interesting and something that's amazing. Like you have all people of all different cultures talking about hair oiling, different way sometimes it's more like uh, Indian inspired sometimes it's not and more luxe and so I think that's really really cool like you've done an amazing job amazing job oh thank you Uh, you know it was a little bit it was scary at first because we had to wait a bit you know you have to first get market feedback see you know we know it worked on like you know we did consumer trials and we did tests and all that kind of stuff but 
you don't really know until you actually get that feedback from a friend who's got maybe, you know, she's got uh, ginger hair, very straight, and another one has got Afro hair and, and, you know, very black. And we're like, oh my God, like, does it work in all hair types, really? And then hearing the feedback was what made us more confident to say, wow, this is actually what we formulated it to be. So, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's something no, that, but I think that's an actually interesting yeah. point you bring up because I think India as a, like, content and even if you think just south asia in general yeah. uh, as, as a place like it's very diverse in terms of the people and yeah. in the attributes of the people so i actually 100%. think that kind of lends itself to like why indian beauty might actually be very i, I guess Versatile like it might translate across yeah I, I mean, especially with skin because i think there's this huge misconception of oh indians are of x color i see it so many times when i look at tiktok and there's like someone who says like i'm indian and then people are like you don't look indian it's like what does indian yeah look what like? does look because, indian even mean? because my mom for example i'm i am i have very melanated skin i'm quite dark and my mom is super fair i mean like she's um she's and she's blonde hair so but she dyed her hair so many people oh. think she looks um colombian or mexican and um i literally am like but she's you know there are a lot of um types of diversity in skin colors in india that people don't think about you obviously get this unfortunately the the industry has been you know with bollywood certain there have been an yes. archaic view of what is beauty and you know now thank god fair and lovely is moved to glow it's and gone. lovely but whatever but you know and and there's a whole story in that but there is in a western world i think there is a lot of education needed on what is india you know it's mm-hmm. more than what we think absolutely i think that's a great point um but you know going a bit into you michelle i i would love to just know kind of you know a, what are your rituals for success? And like, do you have any routine um, kind of tips you could tell people that kind of keep you motivated? Like you're talking tactical, like different. Yeah, like, you know, like even at what time you wake up and do you have like a matcha in the morning? Like, what do you do? Um, okay, I'm trying to think because <laughs> it's very, so I'm a very big knower of the things okay. you should do. I'm not so good on the execution. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm the same. I, I I love the honesty because I'm the, I'm the same. So it's good. Because I've literally read. Um, oh my god, there was such a good book. Uh, something about habits, Atomic Habits, a fantastic book, and yeah. it just talks about like the power of habit and consistency. And look, I think I think I'm I've, I'm very driven in many ways. I think I sometimes I'm not a. I don't know how to say this. I'm not like a type A person. Like I'm still a go with the flow. And when it comes to like my calendar, of course, my calendar is organized with the things that I need to do. And there's some level of like, you just have to be organized because you have a role that you need to play. But I, I really like the freedom and I don't like overscheduling myself. I don't like, um, the pressure of like having, like, if I have something that I'm doing, let's say I have a big meeting tomorrow. I'm only thinking about everything I need to do for that meeting tomorrow. If I have something on Friday or the next day, that's like my kid's school and I got to pick something up. I'm honestly not thinking about that. And so some people Mm -hmm. think that I'm a last minute person, but it's actually, I guess that's the case, but I think it's actually comes from this place of like, I'm a very high focused person at what I need to do when I need to do it. And that's kind of like my habit. Um, I don't know. I would recommend it for everyone, but I think my message is like, you know what? Like, you don't have to be this like calendar organized type A boss person Perfect. to like yes. build your business. You could still just be who you are because I really 
like was hard on myself. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to work out. And like, and I tried to do all of those things. And I felt like exhausted by the time I like got to 2 p.m. And and it's like, sometimes I work at 11 at night. I don't know. I don't mind it. And and sometimes people will be like, no, at 6 p.m. you have to shut off and you have to do these things. It's like, you know what? Like, listen to all the things you want to listen to. It's okay if you have your own way of doing it. So I don't know. That's I, my, my. I actually my, love my. that. I actually love that, and uh, it's something that I mean. I've done YouTube videos about like how to stay productive and all this stuff, and I don't actually do it myself half the time. It's so hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. I feel really bad because sometimes I'm like, I, you know, I'm also that kind of person where I give people relationship advice, and I'm very much single, so I'm just this kind of person. But uh, I can't. You have to admit, like sometimes people are good at like listening and hearing and saying yes, yes, or I can tell you what to do. But at the end of the day, like you as an individual are, are you and. I think you've got to listen to what what succeeds, you know, what is success for you. And for me, yeah. it's kind of similar to you. Like, I don't like this rule book. Like, I sometimes wake up at six. If I do, great. Sometimes I wake up at 11. Cool. That's fine. Mondays, it, like, right? after, sometimes I work a lot on the weekends, just, like, catching yeah. up on different things. And Monday morning, actually, like, I usually have one reoccurring call, but sometimes that call gets canceled. And I will actually relax until, like, 10 or 11 on a Monday and mm-hmm. I like love it. I love it. And so it's just like, you know, people have different ways of, I, I think my message to anyone out there is like, just because you don't fit this like stereotype of a CEO or boss does not mean you don't have what it takes. Like you should really listen to you. You of course want to grow your business more than anyone. So just trust in that. And I think that's the same with like balancing parenting and having a company and being a mom and all of that. Like, yeah. you know, I'd be lying if I said like I did 100% of the parenting work. Like I have my husband just like so much. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just think like, and I also don't feel guilty about where I'm not. That's another thing. That's the thing. It's it's just that be just enjoy the journey. And I think, as you said, with with your husband, the same as your company is that you have a team, you know, who can delegate, who would help you to do the things that you you might not be able to do. And uh, just anyone can be a CEO. I love that you said that because it's so true. And I think, not necessarily, it's not all about being a CEO or a founder, whatever it is, but anyone can have their own business is the most, most important part. Yes. And I actually want to touch upon that you mentioned this, like, well, I guess this is, you know, mainly for people that are interested in being a CEO, but I will also say like, especially with age or people that maybe are parents, like don't talk. I think there's this huge, um, I don't know, there's like a pressure of like, you have to be 30 under 30 or something. And mm-hmm. it's like, after or that, it's like, All right, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, you're never going to make it or something. And and then especially when you become a mom, you have this whole nother role and you're like, man, how am I going to ever be seen for doing something else? Like society's already like put me in this like mom role. And I go to like different parenting things and like people are afraid to ask me what I do because they're going to think that they're putting me on the spot. So I say, oh no, I stay at home or something. And it's like, you know what? staying at home and actually like managing and being the CEO of your family is like being a CEO. Like there's a lot that goes into that. Um, And so I just think like there's two things in there. Like one, who cares? 30 under 30 is amazing, but like life does not start at 30. You could start your company (laughs) at 50 and just be great. So Um, one, like stop thinking about or getting in your head that if you haven't done it by now, it's not happening. In fact, I think you're almost going to be in a more stable place later in life. Um, And so that's like number one. And number two, I think there's so many different ways to success. I think there's this glamorizing of 
being a founder or a CEO, and it's like we're putting down people that are doing other things. I mean, I don't think we're intentionally doing that. I think society thinks that. Yeah. I don't think that's the case either. Like, it's okay to have a job that you really love if you're working for someone else and you believe in the company and the mission. It's okay to be at home with your kids and like being the CEO of your life and, you know, helping manage that. Like that's huge and super important. And I think it's also cool if you want to start your own company, but don't do it because it sounds cool or because. Or because you feel like you need to, because people are telling you that's what success is. I love that. And I love CEO of your life because there's different versions of, of, of success to everyone. It's individualistic. And um, I mean, I go back to the, my first ever podcast I recorded. It was the second one I released, but it was the first one I ever recorded. And the first thing, it was Dr. Murad. And the first thing Murad um, Howard said was, um, you know, age is nothing but a number. We hear that term a lot. But it was so yeah. powerful when he said after, like, look at cash. Like, I did like 50,000 patients. And it was only after 50 or something, I think 50 or 55, he created his brand. And he was in a time where everyone was like, uh, you are like, you know, you're not a brand builder. You're a doctor. Like, why are we having a doctor skincare brand? Yeah, I guess sense. at that time it wasn't like a thing. It was like, it was like, why even your name on a product? Like, you know, stick to just, you know, doing people and not, not creating products. And at that time, so not only did he have it against himself, you know, he was technically, you know, people would say, oh, what is the right age to start? He didn't care. He was like, I'm starting when I'm starting. And I loved that. And to me, it was like music to my ears because it's exactly that is there is no right time except your time. And when you're ready. Absolutely. And I think it's so powerful. So what you said is it's just kind of that 360 moment where I'm like, it reminded me of what he said. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to have to listen to that because I love, yeah. I love that. And you know who else I listened to? Margarita. Man, yeah. like her, I think I was like tearing up when I was listening to her story and Amazing. and that episode. It's such a good one. And I think she's someone that was like, you know, not afraid to start again. And after such an incredible it. career, like it's hard to live up to that. And she's doing it. She's doing an amazing job. And she's so I think powerhouse. Yeah. She really is. I love her. And, and, and I love how, you know, she said, uh, again, it reminded me, I was quite tearing up when I was listening. I listened to them all again in the, in the car and stuff. I love it. And I remember when she said, like, I don't know who I am. She still doesn't know. And I was I like, this that, is yeah. so powerful. You know, because it's like, <laughs> it's okay. to. She was one of the highest people in Sephora. Changed up, still doing inc- like incredible stuff with Valde. And she's like, I still don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know who I, I am. I remember like, that. I love it. Wow. I love I it. Think I think we need more it's of so that. True. We need, and we just need more honesty to ourselves, not even to people, first ourselves, you know, just to say, look, it's okay. Like, stop this pressure. And sometimes we have to, you know, detach ourselves from certain external factors, whether it's social media, yeah. uh, negative people, or even, even family. You know, sometimes I say to my, to myself oh my i'm like gosh. cool I'm, I'm turning my family chat off because this is not conducive to my mental health. this is not productive totally. um, and you have to <laughs> but that's another another whole conversation again um but i do want to you know before i go to fire round i have a question i ask all the guests and it's basically that like travel's opening up and tsa's is starting but they're being a little bit difficult they're saying michelle you can travel with us but you can only take one runner-up product so what is that no. go-to runner-up product of yours it is 100 percent the saffron serum yeah, because i love it I made the mistake of not traveling with it once. Like I left my whole like bag at home and I was in Puerto Rico, I'll never forget. And it was like, oh my gosh, like sometimes you don't understand the value of like your routine when you, until you don't have it. And man, I was just like, this skin feels so dull. Like I just was like, yeah. I cannot wait to get back and have my serum. So this would be like the main, I mean, aside from like a sunscreen or something, but this would be like the main thing I would bring. 
Guys, everyone needs to try it. And I love the fact that you have like a mini version of it because it's also just the perfect way to try it first. Because obviously you have to with skin and hair. You've got to like first try you it before to, try. to see if it works. So I love that. So yeah, it is. I love it, by the way. I use it regularly and it's amazing. Oh my God, so, I'll have to yeah. send you some. I didn't you. know that. That's a no, great no. thing. I know. I, I, I had it from a while ago. So yeah, I love it. Thank you. Um, so fire round questions. Um, the first question that I have is what's another beauty brand you're currently loving? Well, I mean, I would say Fable and Maine, but I feel like that's <laughs> no, a bit no. obvious. Um, another yeah. beauty brand aside from ours. Oh, uh, I don't have it with me, but Mango People. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. No, I, you know what? Because I feel like I have, but um, I don't know if I'm confusing it with another brand. That's why I'm being very careful what I say. So we'll, tell me more okay, about so it. So Mango People, and then I have to say Valde too, because Margarita is amazing yeah, and I love sure. her lipstick is... and. I've actually gifted to my mom too, and she's as obsessed oh. as I am. And the formulation's amazing, so I'll say that. And actually, it's good to have both because Valde is like more the beautiful object, and then Mango People is more of like it's a sustainable chic. It's like Ayurvedic inspired like lip product and just like a mm. lip thing, and it's it's just really beautifully made. And I connected with the founder. She's also a South Asian engineer. <laughs> it's like a lot no of us, way. I guess. And so she's really sweet and she just started her brand. I want to say like it just turned a year and maybe at the same time you did ah, just turned a year and I need to get her on the podcast then you do. she's really like, it's so crazy. Like her TikTok skills are amazing. And I always find like an engineer to like be able to do that. Cause I feel like I struggled so much. So when someone just like kills it out of the gate, I'm like, I have so much of an appreciation for you. Oh, I love that. Um, second question, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Guilty pleasure. Um, I love desserts, so I'm taking it very literally in terms of guilty pleasure, but like I have the biggest sweet tooth. I will just randomly at night cause I'm sometimes, you know, I have some bad habits. I, I work late at night and then I'll crave some sugar and I'll just mm-hmm. go to Bristol farms. It's like a grocery store nearby and I'll get like, they have the best desserts and I'll eat the desserts and no regrets. No regrets. I love it. Amazing. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading? Oh my gosh, honestly, nothing. Um, trying to, I really, I'm not, I feel like it's been so crazy with work Yeah. that I haven't, I have, I'm trying to think if I even had any, I feel like I started a couple books. I read um, Think and Grow Rich a while ago. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read that book? I haven't, but I have it. I actually have the book. I need to read it. No, I haven't Napoleon read it. Napoleon yeah. Hill. Um, yeah, yeah. It's actually quite good. It's like a bit old now, but yeah. it's about like, it's kind of a good mix between like manifestation and like, you know, think about like your success. But then it has a lot of like tactical examples. And so I felt Mm. like it was actually a a good read. But honestly, I've just been when I'm not working, it's been family time. And I just feel like I haven't I haven't done a good job of don't feel keeping up with it. I mean, I think that's an important thing. What you're what you're saying is actually a good answer because you don't have to be always watching. We definitely should be watching something all the time and reading. Honestly, it's very time consuming. I actually am very jealous of people who can like read that couple of hours a day because I just, I just, oh I mean, God, I'm, I I'm someone who at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'd rather do those missing emails than read. Me too. Like, and I, same no. with the, like, uh, I, I didn't get into any shows and I've never been a movie person. So it's always like, I love the feeling of like, get, have you seen Succession? No, but it's on my list. It's on my list. Okay, that was like insane. And there's like a season three coming out. Like I will be watching that. But it's like there's probably like two or three series in an entire year that I like get into and and watch. Yeah, 
But I love the That's feeling great. when it happens. Yeah, it's nice to go into and then go out and then not be constantly mm-hmm. about next, next, next. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform right now? Uh, I'm going to say TikTok, even though it's been eluding me recently. It's like, you know, it's always so tough with these social media parts. It's like yeah. when a video does really well, you're like, oh, this is amazing. I love and then you do it. the and next one. Like, you put so much effort in and then it gets like 70 views and you're like, Whoa. yeah, like the next five. I'm like, OK, what happened? How, what's, what am I doing wrong? You know, know. So it's like a love hate. And you just yeah. like want the validation of like, I just want another like big video. And you like search for that high. Like that's how they get you. It's like, you just want that feeling again of this video connecting with people and growing. So, I mean, I'm going to say TikTok because what I think is cool about TikTok is it's not about being aspirational, which I think Mm -hmm. is important. I think Instagram has become too... Like picture perfect everyone, edited too perfect know. but it's like i just think in the way that it's like set up it's like everyone's Curated. a creator and everyone's a consumer in tiktok yeah. it's like everyone's you're either a creator or you've posted zero and you're yeah, just a yeah, consumer yeah. and i actually like that and there's no hierarchy to who can be in which category um yeah. so it's like democratized in that way um and so i i that's why i think tiktok just feels more like I, we took away all of the annoying things about feeling like we're left out or not cool or not invited mm-hmm. to this event. And we got rid of all of that. And we just I like agree. got into the pure. I think the negative thing about all, I mean, there's a lot of negative about social media that I'm not going to get into, but like one of the negative things about TikTok specifically is like now we're tending to like, everything is kind of like dumbed down into these trends, which I'm like, yeah. It's a bit exhausting because, you know, I'm trying to talk about and we're trying to talk about ancient rituals and like. And then we're doing like this thing. (laughs) Yeah. And you're doing the thing. You're trying to talk about like 5,000 years of expertise. But like now you have to communicate in this like weird. In a dance or in a fun. Yeah. It's it's, off, you know, like I'm like, is this what we're about now? No, but that's it, it, you got to do it. It's part of work. Gotta, that's it's, it's, it's anyway, the algorithm will feature you. But at the same time, it's true. It's like it's it's it is a journey. But the good thing is, is I think like it's it's constantly evolving. I just hope it doesn't evolve too much where it will become a bit back into like Instagram, where it's a bit of noise and a bit of, you know, I know I wonder, but they don't have like stories. It's like stories. not voyeuristic, like Instagram no, no. is so voyeuristic. I'm like, oh, did you go to this thing? Like, oh, who yeah, got invited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. That's not on TikTok. And like, that was the thing that I think made people feel the worst on Instagram is like True. kind of feeling, at least for me, it was always like the left out thing because I'm very sensitive yeah. to that. Um, but what about, what's your favorite? I mean, I, I would say like I am a huge for business. I love the value of TikTok and the power of TikTok. I think personally, like I initially loved TikTok because all my first videos were like 40,000 like 40, 40, views. I was like, I was like, this it's is amazing. it. I'm a TikToker. And now I just did the most like hard work on the skeleton dinosaur, my home. Like I built, I built this dinosaur skeleton for my home. It's like a life-sized baby T-Rex. I need T-Rex. to follow you on TikTok. <laughs> no, but it got like 60 views. I was like so sad. I kept on scrolling. I was like, what's something wrong with this TikTok? This should be, this should Don't be worry, viral. I'll keep it on repeat. You'll get at least Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Just keep on repeat. Just keep it on work. But yeah, so I, I think I, I, I would say, I'm not going to lie. I think I prefer, I am more active on Instagram, but I prefer TikTok as a user. For sure. The content I get on TikTok, I prefer what much more. Having said that, it's very addictive and it knows me too well, the algorithm. 
It's actually so very dangerous. Gonna... I said this the other day on a podcast, but it was like, I actually go on the Fable and Main TikTok to view my content. And now my social media manager is probably looking at all the, the recommended and they're like, okay, this is what Akash likes. It's very dangerous. I know. It knows you a lot. I get it a lot of me. like... I should like Very not search on it. I should search on my personal one, but I'm just always on the Fable Main one. And it's more exciting because that one is doing well. And my personal one is like one like every three days. I'm like, don't want to see it. It's depressing. Don't worry. I'll give you more. But I think you guys okay, have I'll been doing you. amazing on social. Just oh, it, it is you. honestly, it's really um, tough because the language of social media has even changed in the year that you launched. And so been adapting yeah oh my god it's changing and you know i only saw the value of tiktok when we had success from a business perspective and we saw the roi and we're like okay tiktok is actually it, it works for business it's not this you know and now instagram is getting even more complicated where you can't do swipe ups and all this stuff i'm like i don't i don't, I don't, I don't like, well i mean they're platforms. specifically said instagram's not going to be a photo sharing app anymore so yeah so they're, they're going to go they want to be a tiktok so let's see but my anyway, my we digress my last question Michelle is this is a tough one is if you weren't a beauty okay. entrepreneur what would you be doing right now oh it's easy I'd be working at my dad's company that's for sure I think oh, okay. when I was at Lehman Brothers I felt like um I don't know I just I felt like it was like I'd live every day it's kind of like how people feel in the pandemic right like mm. you actually like realize when you're at home like how much you weren't at home and I like realized like how much I actually never saw my kids because it was like they go to school and then I'll have a work event. And then it's like, I didn't see them that night. It's like, you just don't see people. And um, now my husband's working at home. Like I'm working at home. I mean, I have my office that I go to every now and again, like a couple times a week, but it's like, that's kind of how I feel about working at my dad's place. It's like, my life is my people that I want to spend time with. And so it actually just makes it so much better. Like, I think that's a huge benefit of doing what I love, but being able to be with my family. Oh, that would be nice. I love it. I mean, Michelle, it's been I feel like I've just been Zooming for like an hour with my friend. I feel like this is incredible. And I can't believe, this is why I love this, doing this podcast. It's like we really cultivate friendships. I know, and I feel I like probably I've been a bad podcaster because I've just been like, not really thinking about the time. I've just been like, I just want to talk forever. So I just really appreciate this conversation. Thank you for sharing all your, your insights, your mission, your journey. I'm so proud of everything you've done. And, and truly, I will say this, you know, you... Ranavat was one of the inspirations for me and my sister in creating our brand because we've loved your brand um, for years. And, and literally, you know, seeing that, we kind of opened our mind to say, you know, we can do something too because you paved the way for us. So oh I really I appreciate it. I take that, that credit whatsoever. No, I, I, I genuinely, this is the truth. There's nothing oh but the God. truth. And I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank it. you. So, and I just, I, I appreciate you like opening up this conversation. Like it's so much fun and you've done an incredible job. Oh. Um, with every aspect Thank of you. who you guys are as people, but also the brand that you're bringing to life. And you can kind of see how those two things go so well together. Oh, together, we're going to be stronger and we'll grow and we'll change and disrupt this Let's industry. Do it. And, Let's do it. Uh, where, where can everyone find you personally, um, which they need to follow you for your amazing reels and TikToks, and uh, your brand, Ranavat? Where can they find it? Um, Ranavat.com. We have some incredible retail partners as well. They're listed on our website, um, Credo. We haven't. We, oh, when is this going live? Uh, probably like in a month. Oh, we're also available at Cult Beauty in the UK. Yay! So that's 
Oh, I'm so happy. I had Alexia on the podcast. She's amazing, the CEO and oh, co-founder. Um, okay. So you have to watch, you have to listen to that episode. It just, it, it was released recently. Oh, I will. Um, absolutely. So oh my gosh, I can't. I will, I will, I will uh, let her know as well that you've, you've, your episode will be released. I'll send it to her. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yes. So okay. So yes, I'm super excited. And that's partially why I'm going to come visit you in a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> Amazing, and and your personal Instagram? Or oh, uh, oh, I don't have a personal one, so it's just at Ronavat. That's my own. Oh, name. just Ronavat. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's the one you, you post everything yeah. on. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys, everything will be hyperlinked. You can check it out. Check out Ronavat, please. Just go crazy. This is your treat. I tell you to buy everything. You should buy it because they're incredible formulas. And <laughs> Michelle, I can't wait to see you very soon in London and just to continue our conversation and, and grow together. Sounds great. Thank you Thank so you. much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com.
code PROGRAM.